Let's bring in Chris Robinson, the Managing Director at TJM Institutional Services. Chris, good Monday morning to you. I want to talk about the jobs report first, the ISM data on Friday. Every financial news network over the weekend, uh, the radio on the way in this morning, reporting that that was a Goldilocks number in terms of the non-farm payrolls. Uh, do you see it as such? Well, you know, I mean, it was, <laughs> it's, it's all your interpretation, right? So they were expecting... Um, uh, 200, they got 230. I think that, you know, you and I were talking Friday as it came out. I think that the the number that really mattered was the slowing in the rate of okay. uh, wages. Uh, wages. Yeah. That was what turned us. And that's why, you know, we, we kind of hesitated there early. Everybody that was looking for a bearish report got hammered. And, you know, that's why you had a, you know, we had another thousand point range in the Dow, 100 point range in the S&P. And just you know, it's another you know the the another uh, kind of a, a bad day for anybody that was bared up, thinking, oh no, here we go, it's over. Um, but yeah, I, long story short, I think that's what it was. The fact that those numbers and they they weren't like wildly out of whack, right? They were just slightly lower than what people thought. That's enough for people to say, okay, the Fed's you know the Fed may not uh, continue I know higher higher for longer. Um, but the thing, it's, it feels to me like we're back in the next cycle. Hmm. As soon as the next rate rate date comes, then we're going to reprice again. Oh my goodness, the Fed, the Fed is still too hawkish. So it, it's going to give us trading opportunities. Um, you take a look at it. What am I talking about? Look at the the uh, the two year note. It's at four point two seven. You know, back in um, what no, October November, you know, we were at four point six, four point seven. Looked like we were going to get you know a, a five print. Uh, there's there's your opportunity if you're trying to figure out okay how can I take advantage of the market repricing the risk and the risk right now is is the Fed going to do higher for longer and that uh, the, the decrease in the rate of increase on uh, wages that was enough to turn the market and everybody that was bared up got got you know stopped out so the good thing is you know 3800 did not get tested in the S&P good if you're a bear excuse me good if you're a bull uh, but I still, still think moving ahead that's going to be the key level there to watch 3800 is all we're going to hear about between now and probably you know Valentine's Day yeah but at 3937 I don't think that necessarily the bulls feel like we're out of the woods yet either I mean and as I look at rates here I mean one thing I've been pointing out and let's just pull that two-year back up is we've been relatively range-bound here's a good look at how the two-year basically going back to the end of September we're talking four percent to four point eight I mean and yeah. nothing's really changed here on the bigger picture it seems like just a lot of intraday volatility everybody kind of gets sucked into and Chris this is gonna crack you up to hear this but you know I've been keeping a close eye on the US dollar and I've been watching here as the dollar uh, comes off recent highs and let me just pull this chart up here because here you can see it in fact uh, 114 down to the 104 103 area I've been so consumed with this move lower that I kind of lost sight of what we had seen last year so I pulled up a bigger picture chart 94 to 114 back to 104 Chris your voice uh, was ringing in my head all I could hear is halfway back halfway back I mean this is a significant move here that we've seen and right back to the middle of this range. Right, it's not the name of my yacht, it's the name of my dinghy, right? Halfway back, right? So, uh, yeah, and we've seen that so often in the last two years in so many commodities. I'm not gonna go deep, far in the woods. At the end of the day, the dollar, is a, you know, the dollar gets traded just like a commodity. And what's the next level everybody's looking at? 102, um, you know, uh, 
I would say this, you know, new seven month low, that's going to probably be the key. If people think that the Fed is going to back off, the dollar is going to go lower. If people think that the Fed is going to go higher, you know, the, continue to raise rates. Because just on Friday, we had a two cent trading range in the uh, in the dollar index, right? 105, 103, um, because, you know, for that momentary lapse there, people were thinking, oh, no, the Fed's going to continue to hike rates. So there's a, you know, again, we talk lots of times about, you know, kind of a matrix trade. You know, look at that U.S. dollar. If you're trading the British pound, if you're trading the yen, you know, look at the look at it versus the dollar. And again, what are we looking for? We're looking for opportunities. You know, your previous guest was right. He's like, I think you, you have to have kind of multiple trades on to look at the, the try and not lose the, the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. But there are going to be good opportunities out there. And we may we may trade that range you, you were just talking about. We may be range bound for the next six months. You know, so you need to prepare yourself for that possibility. I think that's something that, that you mentioned that I agree with. I like that. I think that's also why it's important to understand the phase that we are in, whether it's a vertical phase or a horizontal phase, because you need to approach trading a little differently and have expectations based on there. And, you know, and I keep remembering as we were testing this 90 even level, Chris, again, your voice echoes in my head. We're halfway back. We're halfway back. And we did find support around that level there as we came off those highs up around 102, the highs that we saw into the beginning of 2020 and that pullback into this 89-90 area that brought us halfway back from the rally we had seen off of those 08 lows all the way up to again 102 from 70 to uh, uh, that level let's talk a little bit about the yield curve inversion Chris I guess I'm wondering is this giving us uh, now it seems almost like it gave us false signals in terms of recession or at least uh, you know a hard landing type one yeah I had some stuff pop in my mailbox this morning saying well you know maybe all these people that are calling for a recession you know they got it wrong we'll see every time the market doesn't immediately reinforce or pay you off for your opinion people start saying well you know what do we miss <laughs> you know and and you know it's hard to say we're in a recession with it when with an unemployment at 3.5 percent yeah and it's you know they don't call it typical yeah they don't call economics the dismal science for nothing because really at the end of the day i think if you could give uh, the fed chair you know uh sodium pentothal he'd say yeah we we want to see in, uh, you know unemployment higher which kind of flies in the face of the whole, uh, you know, political game, which is, you know, we want more jobs and lower unemployment. So he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Using the Fed funds, it's a pretty blunt tool to try and, you know, dial back inflation. Um, and this is kind of what we're going to have to slug through here, hmm. um, you know, moving ahead. So uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I agree with you. And then halfway back, you want another halfway back? Take the pandemic low in the S&P and the all-time high, 4808 last January. 3,500 halfway back. So there you are. That's that's probably a good a good level to continue to look at. We see it time and time again. And I think that's a an impact of all of the uh, the increase in computer trading out there. At the end of the day, okay. when you know what to do, the algos step in and we hit these key levels. And you know sometimes they're self fulfilling prophecies. Sometimes they're not. But it, it is uh, very interesting to watch when you see that pattern time and time again. You know, and, you know, I just real quick, I want to stick with this chart for a second, because halfway back from the range that we saw pandemic lows up to the all-time highs, but I also want to point out how halfway back right now at 39 from the range that we saw, we're talking the August highs down to the October lows, 43 to 35, so right here at 39 for this most, most, part, most part, if I can get these words out, smack dab in the middle of, and, you know, yes. you mentioned how this talks are, are kind of a reflection of the increased computer, the algo influence. I think it's also a reflection, correct me if I'm wrong, but of a dynamic 
pandemic environment right now that we're in, coming out of the pandemic, dust settling as, we off the, as we've come off the all-time highs, a unique situation with the Fed having to go from, hey, transitory to let's get on top of this inflation issue sooner rather than later. And I mean, this is what you'd expect to see, right? Kind of that halfway back as investors sort of gauge that next big move one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it gives everybody a chance to to regroup. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, what's the, what's the next shoe that's going to drop? Nobody really knows. But, you know, if the Fed at the end of the day, I think if the Fed has a gets a gets a reason to calm down on increasing rates. Uh, they will, because I think that's probably the worst case scenario for them is if they get blamed for yeah. the next recession. Yeah. You know, they really don't want that. But, uh, you know, what's their mandate? Their mandate, is it, is the mandate really going to be 2% inflation? If, if they want 2% inflation, nothing they've done so far has really uh, dialed that back significantly. They need to see that, especially the core rate, and they need to see that move lower. Otherwise, I think they're going to, they're locked in, and, and that's what the market's trying to, to trying to uh, price here. And you see it between the two-year and the 10-year time and time again, and then you also see it for people speculating. I mean, look at the three-month T-bill. It's 4.5%. I mean, you know, at some point, people are gonna be like, you know what, why do I need to be risking a down a mm-hmm. downside mm-hmm. correction SP when if I can lock my money up over here for yeah, 4%. three months or six months? Yeah. Right, it's like at some point, people may make that decision, and then that's where you've got, I think, potential downside risk for stocks, because the people say, hey, I can get a riskless rate over here. Why do I need to worry about, you know, what's the next whipsaw in the S&P? Forget about headlines, Russia, everything else that we talk yeah. about. Chris Robinson, I appreciate your, your perspective. Chris is the managing director of TJM Institutional Services.